Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is a two-time author and yoga instructor. She was diagnosed at 15 years old with the autoimmune disease lupus. Today, she's going to share about her journey. She's going to talk about her book where she shares her journey and the blessing that this disease provided for her in her life and finding her purpose and moving forward along with a trip that she took. Up next, Danny Butterly. Welcome, Danny. So nice to see your smiling face. I've been following you on Instagram and I, I love, look at that. Client calling. I have to turn off. The phone. I have to get back to you. <laughs> airplane mode. Airplane mode. I should yeah, do that too. Mode. That's the best because you know when you do airplane mode, I didn't know that I was well because everybody says to do that overnight so you don't get the EMFs, right? And I'm like, well, how am I going to wake up? Normally, actually, I don't even need the alarm. But for those of you out there that don't know that, you can put it on airplane mode. You don't hear your Instagram going off all night and text, but your alarm will break through that airplane mode, right? Yes, it will, but it won't get calls. You'll take it off airplane mode and you'll see everything go through. Exactly. Exactly. Can I tell you something that happened to me yesterday while I was doing, I was in the same room and I should have had my phone on airplane mode. And it was like, I felt like it was a movie. <laughs> it was crazy. What so happened? I'm going to do I'm doing a speech for this group of women, XR women for a virtual reality um, group. That's a new group because they're virtual reality. We go to this campus. I'm like this avatar and they're introducing me onto the stage for, I was talking about conscious breathing and just the present moment. And I was already a little bit nervous because I haven't done that many public speeches. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was an avatar, but you still get those little butterflies like, okay, I'm, what am I going to present to these people? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, my phone's not on airplane. My manager starts calling me. Another lady starts calling me for light, teach at Lifetime Biltmore. I had forgotten. I've never done this before. I had not put it in my phone that I was subbing a class at that same time a yin class at lifetime. And they're like, where are you? Literally while the woman was introducing me, this is Danielle. This is yoga teacher from Phoenix, Arizona. And I was like, Oh my, I was like, Oh my God, I have to speak right now. I couldn't even tell my manager where I was. Like it was just not good. (laughs) I was ironically talking about like conscious breathing. And I was like, okay, I could do this. (laughs) Well, you know, that's interesting that that happened, right? First of all, th- that was my first when I saw this client calling. I'm going, did I get my schedule next time? Why so I having a call with her right now, right? Because this client early doesn't really call me on the phone very much. So I was thinking the same thing. So, I mean, we're starting a little bit different than the way I would normally start. But you know what? Let's go with it because that's the way we're supposed to start. So talking about that, I mean, because, you know, I've been realizing, you know, the conscious breathing conscious thinking, conscious awareness, okay, of your surrounding, what is going on internally? What, you know, do you catch yourself like in those reactionary modes? And if you can catch yourself, catching yourself is one thing, right? Being able to kind of pivot during that moment, like when that happened, okay? So Mm -hmm. were you able to like kind of 
pick it up and not lose any momentum and, and keep going? I was, yeah, I was able to like pull it together and still give the speech with my slides, talk about conscious breathing, but I feel like the speech was, I could have been a little bit better. Cause I think I was just a little bit shooken up, but I think every time you like think back in hindsight, you could have, you think back, I could have said this, I could have done this better. You know, why did I say that and not this? So I think that that would have happened regardless it, if, yeah. it, if my manager hadn't called or, or if I had it on airplane mode or something. Well, yeah. So, and you know what you, yeah. you even said somewhere in your uh, guest appearance form that you would love to do a text TEDx talk, but that like scares yeah. the daylights out of you, you know what? And, and I, you know, I heard this so many times and it's true. And it's like, if it doesn't scare you, your dreams aren't big enough. And, you know, whatever, like whenever I do this show, there's a certain level because I want to bring out the best show for all of my listeners and viewers. Right. So Mm -hmm. if I didn't care, think about it. If I didn't care, I'd be like, oh, well, what the heck? But if you're a little nervous, it shows that you care and that dream is big enough. And if, if, if you're not a little bit scared or a lot scared, your dreams aren't big enough. So I think, I think, um, very true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I get nervous, but before like every class that I teach, no matter, well, maybe not every class I've gotten past a lot of that, but any class that has more than like five people in it, I'm like, okay. Are you talking about now yoga? Like, You're talking about your yoga? I'm talking about a yoga class. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now, and we're going to circle now let's start right there because you are a yoga instructor. I didn't even get a chance to lay mm-hmm. put that in. You are a yoga instructor <laughs> and you're a two-time author. Mm-hmm. So yes. How, how come you get scared for with five people in a class? What, what's going through your head that's making you? I think that I, like you said, with your show is like, you want to deliver to those people, like the best to your ability and you want to create change in those people's life shifts. Like you want to make an impact. Um, but the more you make it about yourself, the less you actually have impact. It's this funny thing. If you get wrapped up in your ego, then it's like about you and it's not about them. Um, but I think it's just my desire to, to make a change in someone's life. And, and I feel like that's a big, um, ask or a big like thing to do. So, um, it's just, that's, that's pretty much it. It's, it's just having that little bit of pressure to, and desire to want to help someone and how I can best do that. So that's the only like nerves that come up. And then also when people look at me, that's why teaching yoga is perfect, but cause put someone in like a child's pose or down dog and I'll be able to like say anything. But when you're like looking at me, like a room of people that are looking at me, I just started teaching like uh, this conscious breathing class where we're just doing breathing and then also a journaling for transformation class. And so people are just, you know, sitting there watching me. I'm like, this is a very different experience than teaching yoga because yoga, they're moving all around. They're not really looking at me. Um, I think I've just always had a little bit of like stage fright or something. Like when I was in middle school and giving my book report, what speeches I would get so red and I hated it. I hated it. I dreaded it. But somewhere along the way, like throughout my journey, I like, I mean, ask my middle school self, I would have never been giving a speech or writing a book or doing any of the thing, teaching yoga. It has just been like through my own healing journey, having the most profound shifts in my journey that has led me. It's like the hero's journey. Like eventually it's like becomes this overwhelming sense of like, 
I need to share. Like that's part of my path. That's part of my own healing journey is like you, you share. <laughs> and so yeah. Yeah. it's like, I, I force myself to share. And even, even when I'm scared, even when I'm like, my butterflies are going crazy. I'm like, okay, but this is part of my path and it's helping me to grow. It's expanding me. I know these things. So just like rip the bandaid off, do it. <laughs> and you're good. Right. Exactly. Feel the fear and do it anyway. So let me ask you this. How long have you been teaching yoga? Um, it's been maybe like four years now, I think. Okay. So that's, I still feel like I'm new, (laughs) but you, you do know what you're doing. It's not like four months, four years, right? Yeah. yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah. So let me ask you, people looking at you is really difficult. So like when they're doing yoga poses and they're down dog, but you're still really nervous. Even if there's five people in there, you've been doing it for four years. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this. Depends on the people probably too. You know, yeah, if they're they're your best friends in there, okay, fine. But if there's people you don't know in there, right. But does this come from something deeper that maybe happened to you in your childhood or whatever that made you feel, you know, because we all have a sense of unworthiness to a certain degree. Okay. I write about it in my first book, you know, the domino effect versus faith. I write that my dad just never was, it was not, I was never good enough. I would mm-hmm. get the grades. I, I do this. It, he always found a way that it wasn't satisfactory to him. So I went through my adult life thinking no matter what I did, um, you know, I wasn't good enough. And that, that is um, one of the reasons I would start something and almost right to, almost to the finish line, I would stop it because uh, I just read, read this morning and I figured out like how to articulate this is that it's not only if you don't finish the finish line, you won't, you'll, you'll never know because you can go, well, I never completed it. So I don't know if I'm a failure or not, but it's almost like the, you're setting yourself up to fail as well because you don't have the belief in yourself. You can carry it through the finish line. And, and again, if you don't, then you don't have to condemn yourself for being a failure. Did, does any of that resonate with what I, with, with your life? I mean, like, where did, where did yes. you, you're a beautiful girl. You know what you're doing. You're articulate, but you, you know, have these. I think that's definitely one of the reasons why I get nervous before teaching is because somewhere in there, there's that feeling of, I don't know enough. I am not smart enough. I'm not charismatic enough. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's like, mm-hmm. but I you feel do. Like almost and you like just have to remind yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You almost feel but like, a like deep down. Yeah. It's crazy because deep I down do you know, know that I know. Yeah. One more. <laughs> but then deep down also. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. I said, it's like deep down, you know, but then deep down, you also have that little like person inside. That's like, you don't know what you're doing. That you feel like you've got to know everything, right? You feel like you've got to know everything. And I just want to speak to that for just a moment, because I used to be that person. 100%. I would be like, if I don't know the exact steps and, and, and see on paper or in my head of how that's going to work, this is how it started. I'd have a great idea and I'd go like this and go like this. And all of a sudden it's right back into a circle. And I've just talked myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And so um, you wouldn't go all the way through. You'd go all the way to the end. I I'd feel go like I have the that end sometimes. and talk myself out of it because I didn't have all the answers of A to Z. And I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. Two years ago, I wanted to move to the coast and mm-hmm. I went and looked at properties. I fell in love with this townhouse. 
at that time, financially, I was like, well, I can't afford two places and my son's still in school. I revisited again last year for just the summer. And that's what I did. Well, if I do this and I'm not renting out my house and, you know, and what happens if my son doesn't like it? And what happens if I don't feel, what if, what if, what if, what, then do it. Okay. I just signed on the dotted line for a place on the coast. And you know what? I'm coming from a place. Yes. And I'll figure it out later. Everybody's like, you're going to keep both places. I'm like, that's my intention. And and if, and if I can't do that, I, the next thing will present itself to make sure that everything's going to be okay. Cause you know what? Everything that we worry about is like unnecessary worry. Would you agree? Most like say 90% of it. Yes. There's some statistic. It's always different. It's like 95, 95%, 90% of the thoughts that we think are like negative or harmful or critical instead of helpful. You know, I don't know the statistic. Well, I know a lot of our thoughts. It's like 55,000 thoughts go through the average person's mind every day. 85% of those are negative self-limiting thoughts. So there you go. So they're just thoughts. So let's back up a little bit before you became a yoga instructor and an author you um, have been healing for quite a long time. And I don't know where you're, where mm-hmm. you are right now from an autoimmune disease, which is. Yes. So when I was about 15, it's funny. Cause I was just before you popped on, I was writing myself a letter. Someone gave me a prompt, write a letter to your 14 year old self. And Love I was that. just in the middle of like writing, like you're about to go through some tough times, like stick with it like almost like making me get a little emotional because I like was just starting to write it and like I am I mean I'm now 27 years old but like that was the turning point right after I mean I was 15 is when I was first diagnosed with lupus um, when I went to a rheumatologist and they did the blood test and I had the high ANA count and they were like yeah so you have lupus indicators and I kept getting sick what was your what was your symptoms I mean like why did they even test you for lupus Um, because, so I was a cheerleader and after each routine that I ever did, I was starting to get really severe rain odds. If you've ever heard of rain odds, it's a circulation disorder where it looked like my fingers were being dipped into wax. Like it was like, they were straight white and it was just, that was like the first thing where my circulation was like definitely very off, um, after routine, after high exertion. And then it started happening in the cold, uh, so it, it's still, I do cold, hot therapy all the time to try to try to heal it. This is the last thing that I'm still trying to heal is my circulation. Um, every naturopath I've been to has told me that circulation is a very deeply rooted thing. Um, so still me, meaning what, trying, what is that? What does that mean? Deeply rooted? What? I don't, I don't really, I mean, deeply rooted, meaning like, like it could take a lot longer to heal. in your body. I mean, is it like, psychically so i mean which which i mean however you maybe soulfully maybe past lives like who knows like how deeply rooted it is but it's been proven a symptom to be one of the harder ones to get rid of it was also pretty much my first symptom that i had so after the circulation i started getting just like weird aches and fevers Um, almost like every weekend for a while, uh, every time I was like stressed out, my body would give me a, 
a response to like fight off a virus, basically like heating my body up and then every muscle in my body would get really achy. So that's why I was like, I'm going to a rheumatologist. What's wrong with me here? Okay. Um, All right. So then they did some blood tests. Lupus is at 15. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you, Um, so how did you react? I tried going gluten-free at that time and going gluten-free at that time was like super hard. This was like 13 years ago. So like all of the gluten-free stuff was like, there were non-existent. Uh, <laughs> it was not as much. It was like crazy. And yeah, at that time, my mom was like not into health as much too. So she was like, we're going to Whole Foods. We're going to spend $10 on this loaf of bread. Like, yeah, because <laughs> going, I mean, being healthy is, there is a price to it too. When you start but there's to a think bigger about price all of your things. sex. Exactly. Right. So People pay for it now that. and don't pay for it later is the idea. So up um, until that point, would you say like up until 15, I mean, granted your, your body's young, everything else, but how was your, how was your eating habits? What was going on up here? What was going on in your emotional? What was going I mean, I was pretty confident. Like I was a very, like, okay. I was actually, okay. I was confident, but I was hard on myself. Like I was a gymnast and you're taught as a gymnast at a young age, like toes on the line, arms straight, legs straight. If you're not perfect, 8.2, you know, and you're trying so hard, you're doing your best and it's never good enough. So I learned my psyche has just like from like a young age, like, and I was a very, like pretty talented gymnast at a young age too. So it was like pretty just intense. And so that, I think that carried, and I really do think that's the root cause of my autoimmune condition is like that psyche attacking itself. Bingo. Um, I was, I was, you know, so I was, I was thinking you were going to say that. I was thinking yeah. you were going to say that. Yeah. Right. So did that's you our just, mind body. Did you just realize that now, or did you realize that before? Or was this like, uh, oh I've, I've definitely realized that before. And it's been a process to be kind to myself and not ruminate, have compassion and just be okay with like not being perfect, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what does what perfect look like anyway? Really? Oh, it's perfect. Look like, no looks perfection. like somebody's Instagram page that is not showing the real shit. That's what perfect right. looks like. Cause nobody has a perfect life. I don't care. They, exactly. they want to make it look like it's perfect, but it's not right. So mm-hmm. you were diagnosed. It's not being transparent. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, Exactly. And you know what? I do this show. I mean, I named it Transparent with Tina is, you know, because something you were saying earlier, too. It's like you wrote the book. Um, This show keeps me accountable to my um, to myself to stay Mm -hmm. transparent, because when I'm transparent, that means I am completely embracing everything about myself. Mm -hmm. I'm transparent. I'm saying the F-bomb when I want to say it. I'm I'm just letting it rip because you know what I totally embrace myself that I am perfect whole and complete the way I am just as you are just like everybody listening mm-hmm. but you know what we feel mm-hmm. like we're not we feel like we always have to change things and then we put on the mask and that's when we get in trouble mm-hmm. right it's right. that striving for instead of you know because we've gotten so far off the path it's like we're we're always got our eye on the next thing What's the next thing to accomplish, you know? And do we ever, first of all, even applaud ourselves from the monumental thing we just did, whether it was a big mm-hmm. TEDx speech or getting a certification or getting a, whatever it was, or, you know, we don't do that. We just shovel, shove that, shove that aside. And then all of a sudden on to the next. And it's like, it's no wonder 
your body, your mind, your spirit starts breaking down. I mean, how would you like to be treated that way? Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. funny that it is it. How would you like to be treated that way? That's how we treat ourselves. Right. <laughs> exactly. I know we're so mean to ourselves sometimes. Like exactly. Stop sometimes a lot of the time until we start to get it. And I know that you have gotten mm-hmm. it now and you are on your Starting way. And conscious. I know that I've got it. It took me a long, and that's why I, we do this show because I want other people to listen to this and understand this. So they don't have to go. I mean, seriously, I was writing in my journal. I think it was really two years ago that I really just locked, locked and loaded, finally like nailed it. Mm. And I'm 58. So it took me a long time. I want people to get it by their twenties and their thirties. Right. So you can, mm-hmm. you know, the difference from one side to the other the time There's is no now comparison. for sure. Right. Yes. Okay. So tell us, so after you, you, you were diagnosed with lupus, th- then tell us a little bit about your journey and how you found your purpose into helping other people. I feel like it's such a, just like a whirlwind of what happened. Um, but I, I basically lived a normal per se life of going through high school, going through college, um, while trying to heal. Like I started getting into yoga probably around the same time. Cause my mom started getting into yoga then. And that's when I did my, my first teacher training, not, not because I was like, I want to do a teacher training, but because my mom, Uh, got a two for one deal with the studio and she just brought her daughter along with. So I'm like, so grateful that she did that because I had all of these seeds that were planted into my brain at that, uh, at that time. Um, I remember I was, I was taking like blood thinners. I was taking some steroids, prednisone when they first diagnosed me um, for like a year, maybe a little bit longer when I was in high school. And I just like, I, I knew something wasn't right with that. I was like, I don't feel right with these steroids. Like, and they were like, yeah, you're going to be taking these for the rest of your life. And I was like, what? Like that just isn't right. Um, but I mean, I was still going through school. I was still hanging out with friends. Uh, but it definitely made me start to think about like life and death a lot more. I just, all of a sudden I realized like, life is finite. Oh, like I'm going to die at some point. Not that I was going to die anytime soon. They weren't like giving me a death sentence or anything, but they were making me think about life by getting the doctors, by getting, getting this autoimmune condition. I was like, Oh, like health is really important. I should value the time that I have on earth so much more because I only get this one life. And what if it's not long? There was a certain period of time when I just, I was re- I really thought I was going to die young. I was like, I, I wasn't sure because the, the doctors, they just didn't have answers, answers for me. It was like a very confusing time where like, they're giving me blood thinners and they, I would look stuff up on the internet. What is lupus? And you know, it could get really bad. And so there just weren't like clear answers. And I think I like tricked myself into being like, well, you might die young. (laughs) Did they ever say to you what causes lupus? I mean, I'm not, I'm not familiar with lupus. I've heard about it. I'm I'm not, I don't even know what brings it on. They just say that they're like, your immune system is attacking itself. And what Western doctors do is they just treat the symptom. They say your immune system is attacking itself. It's not working the way it should be. So mm-hmm. here's this. We're going to put you on a drug for the rest of your yeah. life. 
Yeah. Which is like, look at the bigger picture, like ask me about my childhood and yes. how hard I was ask on myself. Ask me about Why what, your what's immune going, system. Yeah. What's going through your head? What's, what are you putting in your body? What's going on, you know, with you spiritually? What? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I'm so glad that you wrote this book and I'm just going to tell everybody now it is called, uh, Fuck the system, an autoimmune disease <laughs> healing journey. I love it. I love the fact that you're just so out there with it. And it's so true. And when yeah. I saw the name of that book, I'm like, right on. Because, you know, I don't know if you know, but most of my audience knows I'm a uh, cancer survivor. And so I had asked myself the same questions. They wanted me to do um, radiation, followed up with tamoxifen for five years. The minute I Googled tamoxifen, it said carcinogen. I'm like, no. What the hell? Yeah, what? Are you kidding? Yeah. So share <laughs> with us your journey when like when you first started going, this doesn't make any sense, you know, but right. here's the thing. Everybody just goes, does what their doctor says because they feel like, well, they would know. I mean, er, cancer women right. that I met after me who had cancer, breast cancer, I'd say do this. Well, if that was true, my doctor would know. No, they wouldn't. Because they only have, what, 45 minutes of nutritional um, education in their, whole, in, in their whole time of study. So they, they don't know anything about that. They know how to cut people. They know how to prescribe medication, identify, but they don't go down and identify the cause. I'm like, how did this they start? They don't know you. Right. They don't know you as much as you know you. And I, I went to so many doctors that I realized, you know, after going to a lot of different doctors, I was like, oh, wow, people are just people, you know, like doctors are just doctors. Like, right. They do know a lot. They've gone to school for a long time, but they don't know everything. And you know more than anyone else knows. So it was after college, actually, that I decided like, things weren't any better. They weren't any worse. My circulation was bad. I was having flare-ups, not as frequently as when I first got um, diagnosed, which was like almost every weekend. I don't know why they started coming less, but they were coming maybe once a month or every other month or something where I would just get these things and I would just be like, oh, well, it's my flare-up. I just have to go to bed so for like a, three days. What does a flare-up <laughs> look like? Um, it looks like I'm sick. It looks like I have a virus. So I just, I'm just lay in bed and just hang out for about three days, let the, the thing run its course. And, and that would just be it. I would take a lot of ibuprofen in that time because it would just be the only thing that would help me not feel pain. There was times when I was like crawling to the bathroom because my muscles were so achy in college. I remember that. Um, but then there were, it was, it was kind of getting worse towards the end of college where I was like, just not feeling great. And I knew that I didn't want to just, I didn't want to go the normal path. I was like, everyone else is doing like we were partying in college here and there. I went to U of A and everyone was that I knew that had graduated two years before was like doing the same stuff. And they were in their corporate job and they were living this life that just didn't seem like it was fitting my, my circle shape. I was like, okay, yeah. this isn't the, like, I'm not forcing myself into a box. Like it just doesn't feel like this is the way I should go. So that's when I decided to travel. Um, and I saved up money. I've always worked. Like I didn't have anyone pay for me. I, I, I was a server in college and I saved up money and I went to Thailand and I taught English for a whole semester. So this is after you're out of college, after you graduated college. 
Yeah. After I graduated college, I was like, okay, this is my time. I'm going to go on my soul searching healing journey. I just, something was telling me I needed to get out of the United States. Not that I don't love the United States and love my friends and family, but I just felt like I needed to be away from my friends and family to like discover myself and figure out what was this core issue. And just like, take the time to watch the documentaries, take the time to really meditate. So when I went to Thailand, I was like meditating like so much. Like when I first started, it was like 10 minutes a day or whatever. And then I was meditating 30 minutes in the morning, an hour at night. Like I was doing a lot of meditation and a lot of like chanting. I was doing a lot of just like all of the things that I wanted to do that I was like, I wanna understand this mind-body connection at an experiential level. I didn't want to just read about it in my textbooks. Like, so I was like, I'm going to understand what this is. And I had some very profound meditations that made me realize like other realities. Like that's when I became spiritual. I was like, okay, like we are not just this physical being, we are energy and vibration and we are all connected and we are all like love. And that's basically where the book was born from. It was my desire to to inspire others to go on their healing journey for themselves, but also to like wake people up to like that we are not finite in our our souls. Like we have this physical vessel that yes. will eventually die, yes. but like our souls will go on. And I just know that from such a place of knowing from doing all of the meditation that I did that I was like, okay, well now I have to share this because it's so profound. <laughs> yeah. It's a stamp on your heart. You're the messenger. That's how you found your purpose. Right. I mean, you said, well, you said something, you, you said you're, uh, you realize your soul's purpose here on earth is to help other people heal and awaken and that we are all walking each other home. I love that. Yes. I yes, love we are all walking Tell us more about home. that. I mean, seriously, I mean, that is very profound. We're all walking we are, each other home. I mean, it's, it's so simple with just those words that sometimes putting more words to it makes it like not as powerful, but I think like, that's a, I think a Ram Dass statement, basically we are helping each other realize that we're not going to die when our bodies die. Like I, I truly know home that meaning, home meaning when we, when we pass. Yes. Yes. When we pass, we, our souls will go on and that's home. Like, I think this is just school. (laughs) I believe the same thing. I believe. And, you know, if you realize that there's nothing really to be fearful about, you know, I, I I think when I first started getting it, because I, I was fearful of anything that didn't go my way. I mean, seriously, I, I was going to LA and I didn't need to be there for an appointment at a certain time. And I'd run into traffic and flip me out. Just anything that, you know, I'm telling you that I was like freaking hot wire. And, um, and then you start to, re- and I say like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen if we stay in traffic four hours? Well, I'm going to be, fr-. and I walked it all the way through. Like, what's the worst? Well, what happened? Or let's say you lost your job and you lost your income. You lost your house. And and I walked Mm -hmm. it all the way through. And the last thing is I would die. And I went, Mm -hmm. it's not bad. I'm going to meet my maker. See what I'm saying? (laughs) And and I've said this in my book. I said, what happens is we we usually bail out at the top of the fear. So if if Mm -hmm. you're starting here and you're starting to get scared, you're starting to get scared. Right about here, we go, 
I can't mm-hmm. take it anymore. But if you keep going a little bit more, it goes back down to the bottom and it all makes sense again. And then you're like, it's not that big of a deal because the fear is really right. your imagination takes and runs with it. Your imagination is great for a lot of other reasons to be creative, to bring your purpose forth. So let me ask you, when you were scared in these times and what do you, and even now, I, you know, we all get afraid. I don't care if you've got it figured out or not. Like, I think I've got this whole thing figured out, but I'll get scared one day. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it still mm-hmm. happens. What do you do or what would you share with the audience of how not to get scared? Let's say somebody's being diagnosed that just got diagnosed today that's listening to this. And they've just got mm-hmm. diagnosed with whether, 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 if it's whatever you have or it's cancer or whatever it is. Do you have any? I tr- would say that everything that happens in your life is happening for you and not to you. Wow. Like I think that our, like my autoimmune condition, the path that it's taken me on was just the, I call it like the bonk on my head. I'm like, I literally needed that like thing to be like, wake up, wake up to to more, to, to this bigger reality that we live on earth. Our vessels are on earth, but there's so much more to the universe that's out there. And it took getting this autoimmune disease, going into healing, healing myself, going into meditation for me to understand that spiritual aspect to it. And that was just my wake up. It was my like awakening for to, to go so into I would a say deeper to lean space. into it. Yeah. Yes, to go, into, to a go deeper, into a deeper space. Yeah. And, you know, I see the same thing because, you know, I share that, you know, I came from a very affluent family with like, we had the tennis court, private schools, lessons up the kazoo. I, you know, seriously, I didn't want for anything. Had I gone along that flat path and not had a father that was challenging my worth all the time. I don't know. I probably wouldn't have found my purpose because, and what, what I'm reading more and more and more about, and um, Evan Carmichael writes this in his book, Built to Serve. If you're struggling to know what your purpose is, start looking at your challenges in your life, because oftentimes that's how we find our purpose is by the biggest challenges Mm -hmm. in our life. Instead of saying, oh God, I just want to get over this, get away from me. Maybe you need to lean into that and go, maybe that is God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, tapping you on the shoulder going, here it is. This is how you're going to help people. Because that's really what purpose is, is to serve and help yourself and other people. Would you agree with that? Right. Yeah, I do. And I would say also one of my yoga teachers would say pain is neither good nor bad. It's just an indication that something needs to change needs to be healed. Like on our mat, if the pose doesn't feel good, change something. And our body talks to us in little whispers, little whispers. It's like, something's not right. Something's not right. Until we don't listen to those whispers for long enough that it's like a big message. Like, oh damn, you have this disease now, or you have this huge thing. And it's like, you weren't listening up until then. Okay. So now you have this, what can you learn from it? It's happening for you. And then what can you change? Right. What can you change in your diet? What can you change in your daily routines? Like it's neither good nor bad. If you look at it that way, it's just an indication that you need to, something needs to change. Your, your mind, body, and spirit are always trying to push your fo- push you forward. So by these indications, these challenges, that's all they're doing is going, we need to get to the next level. We need to get to the next level because, you know, we are not put on earth to be complacent. We are here to create and move forward. 
right? So, you know, if you look at that, any kind of, I tell my clients all the time, you know, learn to be uncomfortable every single day. And at first they're like, what? I don't want to be uncomfortable every single day. And <laughs> I myself, because I've always been the guinea pig. I don't tell you to do something if I haven't done it, you know? And at first I was like, this sucks. And it did suck. It but does then after suck. once it became a habit, seriously, now it's like, that's my new normal. And it's like what most people would think is uncomfortable is like, okay, it, to me, it's like an adventure. So I've looked at this from, oh God, I've got to get up and face another day or what do I have to do as opposed to what do I get to do? And I know it sounds like really Pollyanna until you've like reached these points, but let me ask you, what are three takeaways to everybody that's listening and watching for them, if they're listening to this and going, well, that's great, girls. You guys are there, but um, you know, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm suffering, and it stinks on my side. I mean, what would you say? Like three things, you know, that takeaways to that maybe that you started your journey with, or something that would like give them a, a push out the front door. Oh gosh, I don't know. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> three things. Well, Keep going, trust and surrender. I mean, those are so cliche, so cheesy, but like that's the essence of it. It's like, keep going, keep yourself moving when you get down. Okay, that is one thing that you said. You did say that in there and you said, keep yourself, no matter how you feel, keep yourself in motion is what you said, like active, right? Get up and do something. Like if something's down, go take a walk, like get your body moving because then energy and motion, you'll just keep going and it's, it'll be, Right. (laughs) Exactly. The the best one I can say is like, keep moving. Keep Um, moving. I mean, yes. And And then the trust and surrender. I I love the surrender part because I never surrendered completely until this last year. So what would you, have you ever read this surrender experiment? What what would you say? Um, I would say like, I mean, trust and surrender go this the same way, but like you're just surrendering to the flow of like what the universe has in store for you. You're not forcing. The more you force, the more things like butt against each other. Um, you're allowing. It's like this allowance of flow to happen. And yeah, just moving away from force, moving more towards this surrendering, but then also knowing like to get things done, you have to put in effort. You have to put in yeah. some action. No, you can there. put in you the effort and the poof. intention and everything else, but don't be attached to the outcome, right? So I might have yes. an intention for the day or how I want my day to look like, but if there's something that shifts up in there, instead of going, oh God, I knew this was going to happen, you know, or why me? That was me, right? I go, okay, well, we're supposed to shift right here. Supposed to learn something. Maybe it's just learn learning more to be flexible. Maybe I'm not supposed to learn anything out of the situation in front of me that's challenging. Maybe it's just for me to learn how to be more flexible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So always kind of look for the lesson, right? And this right. is, you know, you, as you can testify, Danny, it's going to change everything in your life, your mind, your body, your spirit, your central nervous system. Cause I mean, this way of being my whole life mm-hmm. has taken a big hack out of my central nervous system. Seriously. Right. And that's what I'm now trying to control and get that underway because it will mm-hmm. even, you know, you're young and a lot of people are like, Oh, it'll never happen to me. No, you just wait, you know, if you keep going that way. So if you want a beautiful life and you don't want to just get through life, these are great practices that you've talked about. And, um, 
Anything else you want to share? Closing statement here? Oh, closing statement. I don't know if I have one. Just keep going, keep surrendering, trust, yeah. know that there's more to life and don't forget to meditate. It's so important and people overlook their meditation practice all the time being like, oh, I'll get to it later. Um, but it's so important to just sit down, do your meditation, even if you're not feeling the effects right away, like just keep doing it and it, it, you'll see the benefits. Yeah. Because it, it brings you in a connection with the energy of the universe. And that's really what mm -hmm. heals us and, and, and gets us to trust and gets us to surrender. Because without that, first of all, there's no intuition. We all have intuition. I mean, I believe that, that intuition is the whisper of God. And if you mm -hmm. are, your mind is Beautiful. so busy, you're not going to hear it. People are like, why isn't anything happening? Why aren't any opportunities happening for me? It's everything's happening per nothing's happening for me because they are aware of the opportunities and everybody every day has new opportunities that are in front of them. But whether you recognize them or not is another story. So if you two up in your head and you're worrying about things you can't control and you're not open, um, then yeah, right. those messages things. don't come in, right? You're too yeah. blocked. You've got too much going on that like, yeah, those messages, those downloads that come through, like they don't, they don't come through if you're doing too much. Right. Exactly. And your book is your journey through the autoimmune healing process. It's, it's actually, it's about a, a year long journey of me. So when I left for college is when I would do my whole surrender experiment, my own surrender experiment, we went to Thailand, Bali, India, France, and Sweden that were all unplanned. It's basically my own eat, pray, love. There's a little love I was going to say, too. I just saw that movie again the other day. I love <laughs> yes. that. I was thinking about that when you said that in the beginning, I was like, this sounds like eat, pray, love. Good for you yeah. that you have that opportunity. It's the millennial eat, pray, love. <laughs> right. And again, this like would make no sense. I don't know if you had any pushback from people going, what are you doing? You just graduated call. You're going to go on this, you know, whatever. But there you go. I mean, this trip changed your life. So those are more in that one year than four years at U of A. Exactly. Everybody. So, you know what, when you have a strong intuition and, and God puts something on your heart or I, you've got to do that. Really don't let other people talk you out of it. Don't let, um, Oh, you're not being realistic because your reality is all really your making your reality is your making and not somebody else's. So don't let naysayers talk you out of that because they're probably just jealous anyway that they would want to do that they don't have the courage right. you have that, the right? choice every day yeah you can raise the money you can do it like it's your choice exactly yeah. and so fuck the system do what you want yeah <laughs> be who you live in be. faith not fear you know what because if you right. if you're more you know this too the more that you live in faith the more that you are brave and courageous the more you're rewarded and then all of a sudden more keeps rushing in and more keeps rushing in right Yes, 100%. Definitely. All right. Well, it's such a pleasure having you here. Where can we find your book? Buck to the um, System, an Autoimmune Disease Healing Journey. Yes, find it on my Instagram. It's just in my bio. Um, yeah, if you go to Danny Butterly on Instagram and go to my bio, there's a link to it. You can find it on Amazon or you can find it on the link too. I feel like it's sometimes hard to search on Amazon. So just go through my Instagram. Makes okay, perfect. And if you're not following Danny, 
please do. Her page is amazing. So thank you so much Thanks, for being here. It's been a pleasure. It's, it's so great to always talk to like-minded people. We're, you know, we're trying to get, to get this message out. That's really what the point of this show is, is show other people that you're not alone. Okay. And mm. hopefully, you know, our audience will connect with one of my guests and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be connecting with you today. So thank you for being here. Um, if you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, it's Tina Marks TV, and we will see you next week.